Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Interjections. Today on the podcast we give you a rundown of the top 7 teams in Syria. The boys give their predictions for the season. And of course we talk about the rumored signing of Benjamin Pavard. Thanks for joining. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode four of Interjections. We have a busy agenda for this podcast. We're going to do a Syria breakdown, talk to you about all the ingoing and outgoing transfers for the season. But before we dive into that, we have Irfan with with us today. Irfan, you missed the last episode. Just curious to get your thoughts. If you, I know you listened to the last episode. I'll give you the floor. What did you think? Did you have any uh, thoughts you wanted to get in there? Yeah, yeah. You all did a great job um, without me. It felt like, you know, um, a good, uh, rep- like a Jacko replacing Lotaro or something like that. Um, since, you know, the A squad wasn't available, but uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great listening. Um, I, I especially liked the uh, discussion on the hairline, um, you know, of our team. That was excellent. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'm sad I missed it because uh, I feel like I would have been even more animated than all of you were uh, with the state of our transfer window. But uh, it's great to be back, and I'm sure I'll be chiming in with some frustrations as uh, this podcast goes along. It's good to be back. Did you have any thoughts on Jay claiming that Liao is going to win the Capagnari? <laughs> I purposely ignored that. Didn't want to bring that up. Thank you, Andrew. Um, now you've got me triggered for the whole episode. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get into our glorious cousins uh, today. But yes, no comment on Liao winning Captain Canieri. All right. Well, let's get started with the league preview. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to go through each team, give you a quick overview of the transfers, pass it to one of the guys who will just give us their thoughts on the team. And then once we do that for the first, you know, big seven teams in the league, we'll go ahead and give you some predictions. I'm going to start off with Napoli. It's been a somewhat eventful window for Napoli. Of course, the head outs, Rudy Garcia in. They're keeping the same shape. They're keeping the same formation. They're going to go with the 4-3-3. In terms of transfers, Jay's cousin has left Bayern, so Kim is out. Patania went to Monza and looks like close to joining the Saudis in terms of ingoing transfers. There was some big news this morning, actually. They signed Gabri Viega from Celta. He's a midfielder. I assume he's going to replace Zelensky. And then we've got a Dutch defensive midfielder, Kayeste, and then a defender from Red Bull, Natan, as their ingoing transfers. So last year they had 90 points. Miko, break it down for me. How's Napoli going to look this year? Actually, I read that Chilinski is going to stay. The latest was that he's not going to Saudis, but I think they need to like renew him before. But anyway, I think Napoli is going to continue from where they ended, but uh, changing the coach and not changing the squad too much is maybe going to hurt them a bit because they can't like improve from what, what they showed everyone last season. So I feel like they won't be winning the title. They won't be like double double winners now. 
but but the big things are of course that they they won't lose any offensive weapons so Oshiman and Kuaratskelia will stay also Raspadori and Simeone do you not uh, feel like but... they've already lost Kuaratskelia in a way i feel like that guy hasn't performed since march or like february of this year he was really it was like he was found out his tricks just weren't working it just felt like the magic wasn't there for the second half of the season you know Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get you. He wasn't as good like in the latter part of the season. Th- that could be like one one factor also why I don't see them them winning. I don't see them getting like 90 points. Mm. I, I don't know if they can get even 80. Well, well, maybe, maybe, but I don't see them winning. But I feel like they will be in that in the top four. Who do you see winning? Uh, I think it's between Inter and Juve. That's my, that's my hot take. <laughs> Very hot. <laughs> uh, I think I think I think Kim is a big loss for them. Uh, I think he 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 was really good, and I don't feel like they've done an adequate job replacing him. Miko mentioned losing Spalletti is actually a pretty big deal. I don't rate Rudy Garcia nearly as high. I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year. I think they everything kind of clicked for them last year, but. Like Miko said, I do expect them to be in the top four, but I, I'm not sure I would put them at like the top of the the title hunt. Kim and Kavara were pretty much nobodies when Napoli bought them. You know what I mean? Can Lightning strike twice, and can they replace yeah. these nobodies who became stars with other nobodies to become stars? Can that happen? Yeah, unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. If they're Milan, maybe. <laughs> When you look at Napoli's like projected 11, they're going to roll out a pretty poor defense. Romani and our former player Juan Jesus are going to be their starting center backs. They're, this this Natan guy they signed from Germany isn't even projected to start. Um, actually, actually have Raspadori starting at winger tomorrow, more than likely because of injuries. The squad is definitely worse than last year unless one of these three signings that they spent about 50 million on turned out to be another diamond in the rough actually this uh this Nathan how do you spell it Nathan he's not even from Germany he's from Brazil is it the Red Bull Bracantino this club so, <laughs> so it's okay. like even, even more on Red Bull even more random random guy Yeah, I don't know about the defense. How how are they gonna survive without without Kim? But yeah, I feel like they they have the quality to make it to top four, but not enough for the championship. Just to follow up on your Zielinski point, so his contract does expire next summer. So it's they either need to extend him or sell him. And we should have a resolution on that in the next couple of weeks. You'd think. Yeah, yeah. What's happened with Anguissa? Is he injured? I've not. I haven't watched any of Napoli's friendlies, but I'm not seeing him in like any of the predicted lineups or so, like season projections. Are they, are they just expecting this? Uh, what's his name? Viega guy to to replace him. So for what it's worth, I'm looking at the Gazetta probable formations, and Inguiza is starting tomorrow based on what they're showing me. All right. Well, that put me in my place. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Way, so, way to humiliate me, but okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to give the listeners factual information after lying to them about <laughs> Natan being <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no, From the discussion I saw, I just saw people, you know, putting their midfielders um, as Zielinski, Lobotka, and the Viega guy. So, and that seemed to be pretty unanimous from what I saw. So, I. I don't know if they thought Anguissa might take a bit of a bench role, but he was, I thought he was one of the most underrated performers, you know, last season. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I, realize he was so slick on the ball and his dribbling was so good in tight spaces. I felt that was a underrated component in their game. Yeah, I definitely, when the news broke this morning about the Vega signing, I definitely thought he was going to be the Zelensky replacement and they'd be rolling with the midfield three of Anguissa, Labadka, and uh, Vega. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. I could see them finishing about second to, to third. I have trouble imagining that they're going to keep this same magic about them last season where things were just in such a great mood for so long and they just built up this insurmountable lead. I feel like it'll probably be more even this season. I think this season is probably one of the tighter Scudetto and top four races in, in recent memory. Yeah, to your point, they built out such a huge lead last season in the Scudetto race. One, they, they probably could have taken their foot off the gas a little bit because they were focusing on the Champions League. They made it all the way to the quarterfinals. But two, you, you saw clubs like Inter and perhaps Milan pretty much give up on the Scudetto chase in favor of just trying to get a top four spot because they were more worried about the Champions League. So maybe the margin of victory for Napoli last year was a bit embellished by just how good of a start they got off to in you know September to December, January. Yeah, yeah. All right. So second place, and I feel like if you ask them on the street who finished second in the league last year, they'd guess Inter. But the actual answer is Lazio, who edged Inter by a point. So they'll be playing Champions League football this year. They sold Milinkovic Savic to Saudi Arabia for $40 million or whatever it was. And they've they splashed some money around as a result. So there's been an influx of American talents into the, the league this year. There's been four or five marquee American signings. Lazio with one of them. They signed Castellanos, who's a forward from New York City. They took Isaksen, who is a midfielder from Denmark. Apparently, they're close to signing Joris as a reserve keeper. And they also signed a trio of players from Juventus on loan, including Rovella. Jay, break down Lazio for me. I was hoping you'd have me break down Milan, but yeah, okay. I was wondering. I was wondering about that. Don't worry. There, there are seven teams and three of you oh. guys. Lazio is hard to call. I mean, Milinkovic—they're one of those teams where they have a small group of big, big players, and then the rest are just kind of supporting stars. You know what I mean? Um, to lose one of those big guys in Milinkovic-Savic, I think is pretty significant. I don't know how they'll react to it. I don't even know who's going to replace him in the lineup. It could be Kamada, who I failed to mention uh, in my Kamada. preview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they right. also have Cataldi. Cataldi's a DM, so he'll probably start as the DM. I guess they'll stay with Luis Alberto as like the most offensive of the CMs, although sometimes he plays in that deep-playing playmaker role as well. Uh, and then, yeah, you're right. Kamada will probably take Milinkovic-Savage's place as that goal-scoring midfielder. Although, you know, he's adjusting to a new league. He's, from what I've seen, I thought he was used to playing closer to goal, you know. Although Milinkovic-Savage did get forward a lot, 
he was still a CM as opposed to an AM, you know what I mean? Whereas I think Kamada is like an out-and-out AM. So we'll see what that adaptation is like. I feel like they have a reliable coach in Sarri, obviously a former Scudetto winner, won the Europa League with Chelsea, so he's not the kind of coach that will capitulate, I think. But Lazio have a history of just bombing the Champions League, or Europe for that matter. So I could see that going wrong for them. Maybe they have difficulty keeping up with the busy schedule in the first half of the season and that impacts their second half of the season and where they finish. But that's so hard to say. I could see them finishing anywhere between third to to sixth, to be honest, maybe even lower, depending on how some of these signings adapt. And the big question for me is Immobile. I can't recall him looking as poor and as sluggish as he did last season. I think there was an injury or two, but yeah, it was the first time we saw like a notable decline in Immobile, I felt, you know. He's now 33 or 34. I don't know if they can rely on him to, to score them 20-something goals as he has done for several seasons. But then again, Immobile's worst season in recent memory coincided with them finishing second last season, you know. So who knows? I don't know anything about this Castellanos guy. For me, it's, it still depends on how their big players will perform and they have less of them now. Instead of having Milinkovic Savic, Luis Alberto, and Immobile, they only have uh, Alberto and Immobile. So I suspect they'll struggle, to be honest. Careful, careful about Immobile. You know, he's going to be our main target next summer. Probably an interplayer in 2025, maybe 2026. We'll, so. we'll break the record for, you know, yeah. the, the <laughs> transfer fee over 34. <laughs> Syria experience. But on Lazio, I, I agree with you. I, I was expecting them to spend more money and spend money better uh, than they did uh, with the sale of uh, Milinkovic-Savic. I, I think they'll be good again this year. But but to be honest, even looking last year at their lineup, when you look at their lineup, you look at it on paper, um, I, I think they exceeded expectations by ending up second. I think this year, again, it's going to come down to Sari, who I think is just a really good coach. When it comes to Syria, I think he knows what he's doing. He's good at getting results. He's a lot, he's a lot like Allegri in that way. And so I, I feel like he's going to keep them competitive. But when I look at the squad, I just I, I don't even see another second-place finish. Uh, so much of it will depend on what the other teams do. But it'll be interesting to see kind of where they end up. Because I, looking at them now, I don't, I don't feel like they're going to be that great. But if Immobile can find his form again, and given uh, Sari's coaching, uh, it's definitely possible, I guess, that they will surprise again. Yeah, I feel like Sari's a kind of coach who needs more time to, to get better with his team. I mean, it's a pretty obvious thing for any coach. But, you know, Sari's Napoli really grew into their Sari ball, as they used to say. I feel like he didn't have that time with Chelsea or with Juve, obviously. But he's he has been given that time with uh, Lazio, so... Maybe that'll yield some results. And to be honest, I probably sh- sold Lazio a little bit short because Zakani was really big for them last year. And Filippo, Filippo, Filippe, Edison, yeah. He's yeah. always, he's never absent, you know what I mean? I guess Especially Pedro is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Pedro's honestly holding it together pretty well for, for a 48-year-old. So <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe I sold them a little bit short. When you talk about old teams in this league... Normally, you go straight to Inter because the average age of our team last year was ridiculously high because we had two 40-year-olds playing. Um, but 
Lazio is kind of taking that mantle now. You've got Immobile, Romagnoli, Asino, who are all over the age of 30. I, I think Sakani is – he's like 30 years old, right? Like he no, was at no, Verona. No, no. no he's 20, yeah. like 25, isn't he? Is Sakani. He's tr- he is 28. All right. Yeah. He would, it was, flip the difference I'm off him. today. <laughs> anyway, it, it's an older team, and you just worry, like, is this team really going to get better? I can't find you a player on this Lazio team sheet who I look at and say they're going to be better this season than they were last season. It just felt like everything broke right last season. The team's getting older. How old is Kamada? 27, so he's not young either, but he's in, he's in a good age to contribute immediately. I don't, I don't know if age is the biggest factor for Lazio. Immobile for sure, but I think the others will hold okay for now. They're not at that debilitating age yet, like Jekyll or Kolarov, you know what I mean? So, I don't think age will be the biggest factor. And, and today, they were they were linked to Samaric. So, if they can sign him, <laughs> sign him then they, Too soon. that would like... Yeah. Too <laughs> soon, Miguel. Re- <laughs> reunite their midfield a bit. I don't want to get too derailed, but can I just ask, now that that saga is conclusively over what do you guys think do we make the right decision yeah fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) father yeah i will curse the name mladen samadzic for as long as i live it's hard to say i mean like if they wanted that part of the sell-on fee to go to the player or something that's a bit much but i don't know if it sits well with me that we apparently just flat out refuse to renegotiate you know like we touched upon last week that is the principled uh, and gentlemanly thing to uphold, but fuck, man! Like sometimes you got to do a deal with the devil to get things across the line. And even if he is toxic, then we can sell him later, you know. And I don't think he's the type of guy whose value would decrease because he's so young and his talent is very obvious. So if it were me, I would have liked to have seen us try, but whatever, it's done. Let's move on. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's it was interesting. I mean, listening to all of you last week, also. Um, it, there's still so much we don't know. That's the thing that bothers me. It's, you know, like the stories are different and everyone kind of takes the facts that seem to, um, you know, make their position strongest, which, you know, I know that's earth shattering, but that, that's what everyone seems to do. But to me, like you're saying, Jay, like if, if it was down to like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars here and there, like I understand the principle, but if they are, you know, firing agents or, you know, diverting money that was going someplace somewhere else, uh, then I'm not sure why you take such a harsh uh, stand. And and then also the thing that never really quite made sense to me, and, you know, it it kind of filters into the way things are heading out out now with Pavard, is I don't really understand what the need for him was in the first place. I mean, midfield is our area of strength. And the fact that, uh, you know, we still didn't have or were linked credibly to a, you know, a real forward, um, if you count Arnautovic, fine, but, you know, and, and we weren't linked to a center back. And then all of a sudden this deal falls through and now, you know, whoa, we're making a push for Pavard. It's like, well, how was this guy prioritized over the holes that exist in our squad? And so the whole thing just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand why we were going in so hard on him on the first place even though i do like him as a player i can understand uh why he would be uh, attractive to us the management of it and around it i i don't really understand 
I think it would have been okay. Uh, yeah, he's definitely a luxury. There's no question about that. The structure of the deal was actually great. You know, we send a young talent in Fabian to Udinese. The plan was obviously for him to develop. We retained a very reasonable buyback price. And then we get a young player who we can test. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does, we have a potential young, you know, attacking talent in our squad. That's something we, we've, I feel like we've lacked for a long time, especially in midfield. When's the last time we had like a, really technically skilled midfielder. It's probably Mkhitaryan, you know what I mean? Or Sensi, who's injured 11 months out of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just, like I said, one of those things. We don't know what, what the renegotiated demands were. All we know was that Inter seemed to hold firm on, I don't care what you're asking. doesn't matter if you're asking for one euro more. The answer is no. And like I said, while that is objectively the the correct stance to take sometimes you just gotta you know bend your own rules to get things done in my opinion and i'm a little bit a little bit disappointed we we didn't do that and of course now what what annoys me the most is well everyone knows where our deal fell short you know these teams namely juve are probably going to swoop in offer udinese the exact same deal and then go and offer uh the same salary plus like 500k and it's going to get done in a matter of like hours you know what i mean because we've already set the groundwork to get that deal done everyone knows what udinese accepted for samazic and even though there were rumors of udinese you know refusing to sell him to anyone else you know money talks if someone goes and offers 22 25 million for this guy i don't think they're saying no to be honest they don't owe us any more than what they did which was to you know talk to the player talk to the agent and say you know, sign the bloody contract, but they've done what they can. I can easily see him being sold to another club this this window. Yeah, he's been frozen out of the Udinese squad. You you would think at this point he's training alone. They're not going to play him this weekend. I'd be shocked if they did. The thing is, well, we agree we agreed to such low wages with him too that it'd be very easy for another team like a Juve or even a Lazio to come in and one-up what we were previously offering him to take him away. Exactly, exactly. And I, on that note, I do think he was actually reintegrated into full-team training. So it looks like they're already kind of over the whole the whole transfer saga. It's back to yeah. business as normal. Yeah, but they play Juventus this weekend, so there's no chance he plays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's pivot to the Juventus preview here. It's been a pretty quiet summer, all things considered. They they brought in American they, from Leo. They brought in Wea. They've had a lot of players leave, mostly on free transfers, Quadrado, Di Maria. Of course, Monaco went and gifted them obscene amounts of money for Zakaria for reasons unknown. Um, but they really haven't had much in terms of ingoing transfers. Apparently, they've agreed to terms with Berardi, not Sassuolo. Vlahovic, will he stay? Will he go? It sure seems like he's going to stay. If he goes, will they make a move for Lukaku? There's a lot up in the air, perhaps more so with any other club in the league than Juve as we head into the last couple weeks of the window. So, Irfan, break down Juventus for me. Yeah, I think for um, Juventus, it's going to come down to them staying healthy. And, uh, you know, I, th- their moves so far don't bother me. Like, I, I don't think that they're materially weaker or stronger than they were last year. Um, I think they will actually miss Quadrado. Um, I don't know if they'll miss Di Maria that much. For them, you know, if they can get all their players healthy, uh, then I think they're a formidable team. Like, they spent a lot of the last year without Chiesa. 
if he can be healthy and find his, you know, pre-injury form, then I think they're going to be very dangerous. Now, Allegri also, I know everyone feels a certain way about him, and, and I agree with his tactics and stuff, but he does get results, you know, and I can totally see him grinding 1-0 wins, you know, uh, all the way up to a pretty high finish. Uh, I think Wea is going to be pretty good for them, and I don't think that they're going to get rid of Vlavic. It, the amount of money at play is just too much. I don't think they're going to find somebody that's going to give them the kind of deal that they're looking for. And so I don't think they're going to end up with Lukaku either. People seem to think that Juventus is going through some kind of a, you know, fall or some kind of a, you know, banter era of themselves. And it doesn't necessarily seem that way, especially when you look at the fact that had they not been sanctioned last year, they, they were, I think, on equal points with us. And so that, you know, to me, the results on the pitch were still pretty decent last year. And I expect them to be better this year. So I don't know. Like, I think Juventus is going to be pretty good. I think they'll be in the running for the Scudetto pretty much the whole year, assuming that their players stay healthy. I think that's the biggest kind of wild card I see with them. Yeah, but the key factor for me is that they, they don't have... They don't have the Euro games at all. It will yeah. be only only Serie A that will play a huge part because they can like focus fo- focus only the league games. And uh, well, like Erfan said, that if 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 players like Kiesa and Pogba can stay healthy, they that will play a big role in their season. I don't, I don't think Pogba makes a difference, but Vlaovic, that guy's got some injury concerns. You know what I mean? I think he has the same injury as Sensi, doesn't he? The um, the abductor, abductor, sorry, that's ah, one of the tricky so, injuries. Yeah, so mistaken. He, he's been also injured, but or yeah, yeah, yeah. He he hasn't been like too good uh, yeah. when he's played for Allegri, but if he can find his form or, or like his role better in the Allegri football, maybe is maybe Allegri's aura wearing off? I feel like the atmosphere around Juve last season was pretty toxic. You know, they had. In like the last two years, they've had a couple of scandals, which is normal for them, I guess. They had the you know all their directors resign, and then there were sanctioned points, and then a lot of their fans, you know, seem to have turned on Allegri. It's, I think it's a mix of like you can endure that kind of football if you're getting results, but if you're not, then it becomes, you know, why are we putting up with this horrendous, unenjoyable football if we're not even you know grinding out trophies or, or impressive results so yeah i worry i wonder if allegri's kind of yeah if that if that aura has gone like i don't see him as this kind of infallible tactically excellent coach as i did maybe five years ago you know yeah yeah Irfan mentioned about the points uh and how how many points you and collected last season and it was uh the big part of it was the big winning streak in the in autumn, when yeah. they won like several games, I don't know, was it like one zero for several games? But they won <laughs> a lot of one zero games, and and I feel like will they can they like re- repeat that because it, it was pretty horrible. I I would say some of those were pretty lucky to get get those one zero victories in that in that uh, winning streak. That's Allegri football. 
and uh, exactly uh, i get i get it i get it but uh i think they need to they need to find something else than that because and that something else might be pogba maybe and of course of course um like like mentioned times. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe but like said like said that the um, players need to stay healthy these key players i was gonna ask i've heard elsewhere that UV, they essentially had to meet certain financial parameters and that they had to earn 150 or 140 million through player sales. I was thinking that can't be right. Like I thought ours was bad when we had to sell, you know, raise 60 million or whatever. Has anyone else heard this? Yeah, I actually, I remember reading this 150 million or what, what was it? But yeah, it's 150 million or so, but like yeah, that is obscene money. Like how, how are they yeah. possibly going to invest and raise that money i guess you've got teams like Lazio and monaco throwing cash at them for their trash but even still but, like, zakaria uh, for 20 uh rovella and pellegrini for 20 but they yeah, still have 100 million left <laughs> yeah that's only like 40 so exactly you know, I, don't, I, don't, i don't know yeah I, i i remember that also but i don't know what was it about was it like for the whole whole season so they can sell next june or, or right uh, But uh, no, no idea, no idea. I just remember that number as well. Yeah, because surely what I'm thinking is, surely if we're predicting them to, you know, finish second or fight for the Scudetto or or whatever, consider that they have to make or deduct essentially a hundred million worth of value from their current squad. Are we still predicting them to finish first to fourth? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, if they if they need to sell like in the next next uh, two weeks in this window. Uh, Then, then it's a different. If they need to make like hundred million, like yeah. big, big blow for them at that point. If if that's that's like needed, but I, I don't know. There's been, or at least I haven't seen like too many rumors of players getting linked to Juve, like yeah, like any semi semi big players or semi. Uh, there's been not much going going on with Juve in the. In the culture, so, yeah, they can't really sign many people because you can only have so large of a squad when you aren't playing European football, and they still have a ton of players. Like they're trying to unload McKenny, I believe. Oh yeah, and Benucci, they need to get rid of. They've pretty much frozen him out and told him to get lost. So when you have all these dead weight players on pretty high wages, like they just can't afford to sign anyone right now, and that's why they've signed pretty much one player this summer. Um, yeah, and w- was there this uh, rumor of this uh, Ealing, Ealing, Samuel Ealing Jr. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, he would be sold for 20 million as, as well. And and Jesus, like... come on! <laughs> But he's like I don't know. He's 19, maybe he's some like super, super prospect. I don't know. I don't think any of the UV youth players are super prospects, but they played them to the point where they're competent young players. You know what I mean? So they they take chances, yeah. they give their all because they're young and they want to leave an impression, and you know it translates to to good performances on the pitch. I'm thinking of like Miretti and Sula and Fagioli, Fagioli, yeah, Fagioli, yeah, Ealing um, yeah, Junior is the other one. But I mean. I have I have trouble um, gauging how good someone like Miretti is. To be honest, I've heard Juve saying, sorry, I've heard Juve fans saying that they wouldn't sell him for you know 
50, 60 million. And then I've heard other UV fans saying that, you know, he's, okay. you know, he's solid, but not, you know, spectacular. So I, I, like I so said, the, I think they look okay, but it's hard to yeah. say, man. He's the Duncan of uh, UV, huh? <laughs> I remember yeah, yeah. people claiming Duncan was like a 50, 60 million dollar player for us. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Let's, uh, but before we go to this podcast, true favorite team, Milan, let's talk about Roma for a minute. So it's been an abysmal summer. They have no money. They sold Ibanez to Saudi Arabia for like $40 million, which is absurd. And all they've done is take players on either Bosman's or loans. So they've got Renato Sanchez in on loan, Indica from Frankfurt, and Awa from Lyon. Um, so they, they've invested a lot in the midfield. Their attack is unchanged. Their defense is unchanged. They got Paredes too, returned. And yeah, that's a good call too. Paredes. Is, is that done? I saw that was in the works. I saw the official announcement on Instagram. Definitely done. Okay. So yeah, they've, they've invested a ton in the midfield. The attack is unchanged. Just to, to maybe paint a picture of how bad Roma's attack is. They're starting a 3-5-2 this weekend. And the projected starters are... Belotti and El Sharari, um, who both peaked about seven to ten years ago. <laughs> Does anyone think Roma can actually challenge for a Champions League spot? No, I think, but I think the biggest factor there is honestly Mourinho. It pains me to say it, but I just, I think he doesn't have it anymore. You know, I think top four is the best he could do if everyone was fit and if he had like a a more fleshed out squad. But I don't think he had much more than that to give anymore. Um, and do you know how long Dybala's out for? Okay. Dybala's, you know, critical to how they play, especially with Mourinho's kind of turgid, yeah. you know, offensive tactics. I think Dybala's suspended, not injured for this game. All right. But yeah, I think mean, he's the heartbeat of the team. If he's not yeah, on the pitch, yeah. they don't really have any players I rate. Aside from, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to say Brian Cristante. They, they have no <laughs> players there. You, you don't write Pellegrini? Talk about, he is also suspended. I'm just looking at this. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how bad this projected lineup for Roma against Landatana is. Every time I think of a player who's like, oh, I kind of like him, is either suspended or injured. It's hilarious. Well, I will say this about the, the loss of Ibanez. Lazio fans wore Lazio jerseys with Ibanez on the back because he kept <laughs> fucking up in the derbies, you know what I mean? So it, it may be a blessing in disguise for them to offload him and get that big transfer fee. We were linked to Indica as well. He's one of those names that's been kind of linked to a lot of big teams um, in the past year or two. Who knows whether he'll develop at Roma. I think there's a good chance he'll do okay. But yeah, I, I don't know. For me, the biggest factor is Mourinho and... Uh, sadly, I don't think he's got it. And then on top of that, Dybala, you know, being unreliable in fitness as well. Yeah, yeah if, if, if Dybala is healthy, um, I'm not as sour on Mourinho as you are, Jay. I think he still has, you know, I think he still has what it takes. Um, definitely lost a little bit of luster, but I, I think they can be decent. But the the forward situation really does worry me. I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't think Belotti is as useless as a lot of people, probably most people think, but I also don't think that he's somebody that can, carry that team or lead that line. Um, I don't know how long. Yeah. 
Exactly. I don't know how long Abraham's going to be injured, but I think the um, quite the a problem lot. Is, he did his ACL, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So the, I mean, I and Mourinho's been asking for a forward. I mean, the fact that they can't give him a striker is yeah. is is probably going to tank their chances at a top four with a with a competent striker and Dabala healthy and if things kind of click for them, I do think that they have a shot at the top four, but but not without adding somebody in the next two weeks. I just don't yeah, see it. An then. outside chance. Yeah. 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 That maybe that midfield is something that if they like, like you said, if it clicks, it it can like do something with these new guys. But if those three guys uh, in the midfield, the new guys make it make it work, that could be something that. Uh, can maybe so-called save Mourinho, but yeah, it's it's gonna be tough to make it top four with that attack. I I, uh, <laughs> I see the uh, r- rumor of uh, Zapata, the <laughs> favorite. <laughs> favorite. Um, it, it it was like a loan or plus option or something. So it's really tough for Roma, uh, or it it seems it's it's tough situation financially. They can just. They need to sell like a, like for thirty million, and that they can't invest at all. I wouldn't be surprised if if Mourinho like um, if he just quits at some point. I was actually <laughs> I was actually like um, thinking that maybe he will quit during the summer if he isn't getting his forward at all. But uh, but nothing so far. Yeah, I wish for his sake he would have won the Europa League and kind of mic dropped out, kind of yeah. legacy. Because yeah. I don't see how they have a good year this year. Yeah, it will be hard to like uh, get better. Did they, did they make to the Europa League again? I yeah, they're in the Europa League. Yeah. But it will be hard to like get to the final again and try to win it. So it's tough to top last season. For them, and it will just look bad for Mourinho, and <laughs> and he then he will do his show as as usual when it's not going well for them. Okay, the, the next team I want to talk about is Atalanta. They've had, in my opinion, an excellent summer. Um, bias aside, so they sold Hoyland for, as we like to joke, a billion dollars, and they've spent the money which is nice to see because you know how these Italian clubs tend to just sincerely Roma sell a player to for a lot of money and just sit on it. But they went out, you know, they signed Scamacca, they signed Bilal Torre, they signed another defender from Leverkusen. They, they've reinvested in the team. They haven't sold Scalvini, so he's back. They underperformed last year, and I think we're all looking around thinking, hey, maybe the Gasparini magic has worn off. Personally, I was even hoping that Gasparini would quit and take the Italian national team job, which obviously isn't happening. But I, I like what they've done with the squad. And if they can unload Zapata on a sucker like Roma and go into this with a younger attack, you know, you use Lookman, um, use Muriel, use Gamaka together. I think Atalanta is a team who can get back to competing for a Champions League spot. I'm definitely not saying they're going to compete to win the league but i think you'll see them bounce back and be more of in the you know four five six range of the table whereas last year um it it was just a horrible year for them by their standards what we've come to expect under gasparini and i think they missed out on europe entirely finishing behind fiorentina so i 
I think they're an easy bounce back candidate for me to buy into. Yeah, it seems they replaced Hoyland with two young talents, Skamaka and the uh, the other guy. I think he was their record signing, and then they just broke the record straight away again with Skamaka. So they've got two big forward signings. Who knows if they'll click, but from what I've seen, their profiles look pretty complementary. And then you've got Lookman there as well. They're always going to be dangerous. They always have that chance of just tearing some team to shreds, you know what I mean? I remember when Pessina was doing quite well at Atalanta, thinking to myself that it's not Pessina that's the most impressive midfielder. It's easily Crip Miners, you know. He's still there. I think he's only getting better. Um, I do think they need to upgrade on Darun, to be honest. Uh, and they lost Mela, who I actually rated. But Me too. Yeah. And is, is Zappa Costa still there? <laughs> still there? Yeah, right still there. Yeah. Back. yeah. I think there's still some pretty, you know, glaring gaps, such as, you know, those ones I mentioned, Darun, Zappacosta, left wing back. But, yeah, if their midfield and attack has a good game, they can blow any team out of the water. Uh, the last year's that... issue was defense, right? I mean, I think, have they made investments in defense? you think that they'll be better? Well, they sold Demiral to, to the Saudis. Yeah. yeah. So I think you hope Scalvini gets better and they did sign a new left wing back and I, I don't know if this guy's any good but the, the one from Leverkusen so you figures because of how compact they play it, their team is really more of a five rent the back than Inter so to speak like Zappacosta and this backer or however you pronounce it are both going to be playing more defensive kind of how the way Gosens did so you would hope the defense will improve but to your point they lost Demiral Inter could sign Toloy after we inevitably miss out on Pavard. Like they're, I could see their defense not being good next year. Yeah, they will see Atalanta that. signing Pavard. <laughs> they probably have more money than we do. There's no, there's no probably about it, but let's not dwell on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but they they also have the Europe League, so maybe that's that's uh, something they need to like pay attention. They, that didn't, could hinder them a bit. Didn't Atalanta miss out on Europe entirely last season? No, they were like fifth. No, I think like, Juve dropped out of the conference and that went to Atalanta, right? No, it, did go, it went to Fiorentino. Uh, Atalanta was fifth. Okay, Roma yeah, no, you're sixth. right. They're Europa League. All right, I'm good. Yeah, so uh, okay. They have the Edison so, guy who they got from Salonitana, who's, I thought he picked up towards the end of last season, scored some nice goals, you know. He looked like a clown. I thought when he first started at Atalanta, I thought they'd wasted a lot of money on this guy, but he just grew into the system, you know, familiarity with the tactics, and I think he could have a pretty strong season ahead. Yeah, like I said, I do think they need a better kind of like defensive or two-way midfielder than Darun, although he does the job in Gasparini's system. They've got Pasalic still, I think. Um, he's always going to score goals for them. Uh, yeah, I think they're kind of forward-heavy though, you know. Uh, or attack yeah. heavy rather. They're a team that'll score more than they, or they, they'll have to try and score more than they concede. They, they really need to unload one of these forwards. Like they're going to the season right now with Zapata, Skamaka, Muriel, and then the uh, Torre guy. They need to sell an attacker, and I don't. I doubt they'll reinvest even more money into the team, but they at least need to free up the logjam. And I think everyone on this podcast knows how I feel about Zapata as a player. So he would definitely be my choice for someone for them to sell, just preferably not to enter. Do they still have Boga? No, no, he was sold to Nice. Oh, okay. ah. 
Yeah, for eight, 18 million. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't trust Gasparini that much. I don't know. I just don't I feel like I feel like he his magic wears. So I'm I'm curious to see because if you look at them on paper, I agree. I think Atlanta should pretty much be a um should be a shoe in for a top four. But I, I just don't know. I, I'm skeptical about Gasparini for some reason. I don't. I don't think there's room for top four <laughs> for uh, for Atalanta. I think really even with Inter missing out on the top four, <laughs> they they're uh, gonna fight with uh, with Roma for the like what is it fifth sixth spot? I think. All right, I'm, I've been saving this one for Jay, so let's go ahead and get out of the way. Fiorentina, Fiorentina, go ahead, Jay. <laughs> So the only team who has had a busier summer than Inter is Milan. They so, they somehow suckered Newcastle into paying a slightly out, outrageous amount for Tonali. And then they just went on a spending spree of buying casts-offs from Chelsea that no one else wanted, along with some players from Spain. So they brought in Chiquese, they brought in Pulisic, Loftus-Cheek, Rainers, Okafor, Musa. All incoming transfers. I'd say these are midfield heavy signings. Pretty much everyone I just rattled off is either an attacking midfielder or a defensive midfielder, with the exception of Okafor, who's an out and out forward. Jay, tell us why Milan are going to win the league. Um, there's no question that Milan are going to win the league. Um, look, the amount of times I've wanted to just throw my screen out the window watching Liao score some like PlayStation goal from his own half, literally, just it's it's outrageous. It shouldn't happen. And I feel like Chiquese could offer them the same outlet on the right. Essentially, they have like a cheat code for the league in Liao. You know, Liao comes up against these um, Donadoni, Gabarini type players. Um, Gambarini, you remember him from Fiorentina? He comes again, comes up against these ancient Italian defenders and just tortures them. And I feel like they have the most pace in the league. Leo just needs one out ball and he can pretty much win the game by himself. I think what they're going for is to basically revolutionize the midfield. It seems like Pioli is changing from a 4 2 3 1 to a 4 3 3. That three is going to be really compact. That three is athletic and dynamic with Musa and Reinders. Um, I don't know who's going to fill the third spot. Looks like Loftus-Cheek for now because Ben Esser is injured and Kroonich is always going to be that you know utility player. So they have a dynamic and, like I said, athletic midfield. They only need to shield the back four, which is also uh, leaky. I think even Milan fans are having a little bit of doubt about Tamori now. He's been he had a pretty bad season last season if I remember correctly and Malik Chow who was considered just like an amazing signing for that price I think they're also starting to see that he's you know quite raw quite undeveloped so their defense is a little bit suspect but as we've seen in this league pace, physicality can make up for a lot of deficiencies and they have that in abundance, you know, that athleticism. So I suspect they'll sit deep with their midfield, stay compact, shield the back four, absorb pressure, and just play these direct balls out to Chiquese and uh, Liao and Okafor. And I suspect 
that tactic will win them quite a lot of games. I don't care for Pulisic at all, to be honest. I don't rate him. I don't think he'll be particularly successful. But I think Chiquese is a really good signing. He's got at Spanish and European pedigree as well. He's done well in Europe, I think, against Arsenal or Man United. I remember having some great games. So, yeah, I think they're, they're going to do what they did when they won a couple of seasons ago and just take advantage of the rest of the league just shitting itself and just, like, you know, dismantling themselves as Juve have to do, if we have to do, as we have to do. And they'll, yeah, I think they'll fill that gap, unfortunately. And Magic Mike is healthy again, right? So they're going to have him. Presumably he's, he's back. So, you know, now that there's so I, no more competition for best goalkeeper in the league, now that we <laughs> had to still on nine You know, I, I've never rated Teo Hernandez as much as, well, as much as Milan fans or as much as, you know, most people do. But, uh, you know, I, I don't deny he's effective in attack at least and that he's going to score probably, you know, he's going to have minimum 10 goal goal contributions this season five goals five assists kind of thing he always does um i don't know who the hell the right back's going to be calabria or florenzi uh and i think salamakas is a useful utility player they sold messias to genoa but they yeah, lost brian, brian diaz too brian diaz yeah um i'm amazed at how effective that guy was with yeah. his one skill of just sprinting in a straight line <laughs> towards the opponent's goal but like i said pace Pace really is a game breaker in this league. Where I mean, how old is Smalling? How old is a Cherby? These guys are still starting defenders for for the big teams. So I think they've got the pace. I think they've got that kind of secret weapon. And yeah, I, I honestly think they'll do better than what most people think. I think Tonali was like a fifty million player at max, and then they somehow got eighty million for him. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think. I don't think they're going to miss Tonali at all. Frankly, yeah, I, I, I think that 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 he he ended up being, I think, so overrated in Syria and on that team. Um, he played well. There's no doubt about that. But he he's by no means some kind of generational talent that they're going to struggle to uh, to you know recover from. The thing that I find interesting about Liao is you know he won the Syria MVP or like the the you know most valuable player. Uh, when they won the Scudetto um, two years ago. Um, and last year, if you look at his stats, they're actually even better. Uh, he had 11 goals and eight assists that year where he won the, the MVP. And last year, he had 15 goals and eight assists. But he just seemed a lot more quiet last he year. Was. Maybe he, took just... the, he took the first half of the season off pretty much. Yeah, really yeah, he just, he, yeah. He just seemed a lot more quiet. And, like, and a lot of times you would watch him play and he wasn't really even in the game that much. And so it's going to be interesting what kind of Leal, they get. I think the issue. I, I agree with you that their signings have been intriguing and the, they've been pretty good. Um, I also think Pulisic will probably struggle a little bit in Syria. I, I I rate him more than you, but I don't think that he's. I don't think it's a great fit for him here. But we'll There's see no how role for him in a four three three anyway. Yeah, it's, it's left wing, but that's Leal's spot. He's not going to start over Leal. Yeah, it's an interesting signing for them. I'm curious how they're going to build this team and how what kind of lineup they're going to have out there. It's going to be interesting to see. It's like they've got a bunch of like talented players, but I don't know how they're all going to mesh together. The thing that I think is going to be interesting for them is they they seem to struggle on defense, and you talked about Tamori. Uh, they also, I think, struggled at times to score goals. I, I'm curious to see how Giroud's going to be this year. Obviously, the setup around him is going to be really good, but as far as I recall, they haven't really gotten a real striker either. Uh, they're going to yeah. rely on, on Giroud. Now, 
Leao and Chiquese will handle a lot of the, um, you know, the, the scoring and the creativity and maybe just lay it on a platter for, for Giroud. But it's going to be interesting to see, cause he's also a year older. He's effective in his role, but you know, these guys, these guys are getting up there in age and I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do. And Leao also has pretty abysmal stats in the champions league. Um, I think he had one goal in 11 matches last year. So I think they're gonna they're gonna need all the players that they got because they're gonna have uh, a lot of uh, you know matches, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they all mesh together. But talent wise, I agree with you; they should be in the running. You failed to you failed to acknowledge Liao has inherited the number ten shirt. This is <laughs> this is an enormous factor. <laughs> and yes, now given that age. How could I have forgotten that? How, that should be the top of my mind. Yeah. The the thing about Milan I find interesting. It's they're very they're very much the inverse of Inter in my eyes. And that last year Milan excel at getting out and running at teams. They're fast. They're, they're pretty lethal on counterattacks. They they unlike Inter, they take chances well. I think they're a clinical team, but they they really struggle to break teams down. It, they, when they play against these lower table sides who like to sit back and park the bus, they do not have the players needed to just systematically break down a defense. So they, they really struggled at times to score goals last year when teams were sitting back and not letting them play that counterattacking running style of football. And it's really the complete opposite of Inter who cannot get out in a run, cannot convert counterattacks, but who instead excel at set pieces, swinging crosses in, and just really overwhelming you with sheer volume of chances. So it's really two opposite approaches. And you saw it work for Inter numerous times against Milan last year because we could really pull a goal out of nothing. You know, Zeko in the Champions League final, you know, scoring that sweet volley. Um, there There was just numerous times where we were able to produce chances where seemingly weren't there. So that's why I think maybe Inter succeeded against Milan head-to-head last year. But over the course of a season, I think, you know, Liao kind of is a cheat code in this league and no one has proven able to consistently stop him. Yeah, I, th- I think Liao needs to, like, find his uh, find his uh, next, like, next level. He, he needs to take the step forward in terms of being, like, more consistent if, if they want to, like, uh, if he wants to be, like, a true great player because as you... As you guys said, he's sometimes like he's just switching off, like even in the middle of the games, and uh, it hurts a lot uh, for the team if this uh, this like this level of guy isn't there completely. Yeah, there's so, no. I can't think of any team that's more reliant on one player than Milan and Leao. I was just gonna say he he reminds me the way they use him. It reminds me of um, the way we used to use Slatan under Mancini. It's like. It, it it's a lot of times you know even when they're passing the ball around they basically look for him and then everybody just kind of stares at him and sees you know what he can do and if they, he can take on a player and put in a cross or if he can assist somebody or if he can rattle a shot off like they're, they're so relying on him and even on the pitch at times it seems like a lot of the milan players end up ball watching when he has the ball and just waiting for him to do something yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you uh, think they're reliant on him, wait until you see our attack this year reliant on Latara. 
yeah. I just wanted to add, add for the Milan midfield that uh, I think it's it's uh, super important for for them or or for Pioli to get get their like get, get their game working and get the get the midfielders to to have the system in their minds so that they can play effectively because there's so many new players uh, yeah, in the yeah. midfield but also in the attack that like creating chances what Andrew talked about it, it might be a struggle at at, at for uh, like at the start so that that's maybe that's maybe the place for the rivals to like uh, get, get some lead in the points regarding fighting with Milan yeah, if, if they struggle at the start, but uh, yeah, th- there's some work for Pioli to to get the get that thing thing working. If if they can like click click right from the start, a bit like Roma, if they can get it uh, like working well, that that could that could be like a possible uh, dangerous situation for the rivals then. Yeah, funny. So you you mentioned Pioli, and uh, you know, per Jay's recommendation, I was listening to some from Milan podcast yesterday. And if you look at the top five, six teams in the league, I'd say Pioli's probably the worst manager of the bunch. Like I, I would, you know, we talk about the Allegri magic wearing off. I would still take Allegri over Pioli. I would definitely take Sarri over Pioli. Um, Inzaghi is probably the only conversation I'd be willing to have because Inzaghi has proven to really be a bit of a poor league manager and a cup specialist. But when you Come look on. at the, the team, <laughs> yeah, that's but seriously though, like if you look at Pioli as a manager, he's never, I trust him less than pretty much any of these top guys. And maybe that's because I've seen him manage before for both Inter and Milan, but it, if I've learned one thing, I pretty much every stop along the way, he has, he has had a point where the team absolutely breaks down to shambles, whether it be Lazio the season after he qualified for the Champions League, Inter after his initial run of success. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pioli struggle to fully adjust tactics and this entirely blow up. Like, that would not shock me. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Great. I agree there. I do think, by the way, on their midfield, I think Yunus Musa is a good player. Um, I'm not just saying that because he's American. I, I honestly think he he's he's a solid, solid player who has you know good years ahead of him. I think he's going to be – he'll be very good for them. It is nice to see all these Americans in the league. We, we mentioned Wea, Juventus, Musa, uh, Pulisic. It's it's a good injection of talent into the league. If only we got Balogun, but, you know. All right, so I think we, we don't need to go over Inter. We talk about Inter enough as is. So let's, at this point, pause. We can go around the room and do, let's do top four predictions, including your Scudetto winner. And if you want, you can throw a lead goal scorer prediction in there. So, Miko, I'll start with you. All right. Mm, I'm going to go with Inter. Inter winning. And uh, because uh, I feel like Despite you were you were having no no uh, European games, we we have we have a better better squad and that will that will prevail. Another bitch top scorer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, in, inter first and then uh, you you second because of the they can focus on one thing only, and then I'm gonna go with Napoli Milan. 
the rest of the top four. I think Napoli Napoli has enough enough quality to to compete, but but like I said at the at the start, they will struggle a bit because like no additions to that squad, but actually the starting player was taken off, and then then of course the coach was was yeah. downgraded a lot. So that's that's my take on on the top four. Mil- Milan Milan they are like. I'm not like totally sure they are top four, but I'm gonna put them there. I don't trust those Roman teams enough this time. <laughs> yeah, but right. fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have to, I have to heavily caveat my answer with the fact that if we get Pavard, I, I will completely, um, you know, uh, <laughs> amend my predictions. Uh, but assuming we don't end up getting Pavard, if the teams are the way they are right now. Uh, I, I have Juve winning the league. Um, I have Napoli second. Uh, I have Inter third. And I have, I guess, Atal- Atalanta and Milan battling for fourth. I- I'll give it to Milan for fourth um, and put Atalanta at, at five. Uh, I think Fiorentina, though, might surprise people. Not Scudetto-level surprise, but I think they could potentially surprise people. But if we end up getting Pavard, I would put us at the top. I, I think he's that important of a signing, and I, I've made my <laughs> I've made my uh, predictions clear on I'm okay uh, with any forward that they put out there as long as we get Pavard. So with him, I put Inter at the top of the Scudetto, but without him, I'm giving it to Juve. And for top goal scorer, I'm going to go with Osimhen again. Milan first. Top scorer Liao, uh, Inter second, Juve third, Napoli fourth. It's so on brand. <laughs> what about you, Andrew? So, I'm I'm very pessimistic about Inter heading into the season, which I guess isn't a surprise to anyone. But we lost twelve league games last year, and as I look here, I look at our squad. I think it's worse than it was last season. Yeah. The Inzaghi, I, I do not trust Inzaghi in league play. He, he is fantastic at these knockout games, these cup competitions, but over the course of a league season, he hasn't shown an ability to balance multiple competitions. And that's why I'm out on Inter winning the Scudetto. I'm lean. I'm. I'm going to go with Juventus. I place a lot of value in them not having Champions League football, European football to worry about. When you have one game a week, a more compact squad, it it just feels like a path forward. And I, I'm not willing to bet against Allegri in that environment. And like we all been saying, last year they would have finished second in this league, tied with Inter, um, or sorry third in the league tied with Inter and ahead of Milan based on their performances. And they were pretty abysmal last season. I think they left a lot of meat on the bone. And maybe if Pogba is healthy, if Chiesa comes back healthy, then I think Juventus is the strongest team. I will go... The psychological blur of them being deducted the points, you know? I remember, I think it was two games, or like the game after that announcement was made, they just bombed, they lost the game, and they had like yep. a bit of a, a poor run. Our season's over, you know what I mean? So with that gone, with that burden lifted, 
Yeah, and as you said, one game per week to focus on. That's like Conte's dream, you know what I mean? A manager like Conte or Allegri, that's their dream. So that'll be dangerous. My, my answer will change if Juventus sells Vlahovic or they sign Berardi and do some other things. But right now I'm going with them. I will take Milan seconds. It. I'm going out on a limb on this one because I feel like there's a lot more unknown with them. We don't know how these pieces are going to jump together, but Liao is the best player in this league, and I think that counts for something. I'm going Napoli third, kind of along similar logic of just great individual talents, and then I'm going to take Inter fourth. So uh, we're going to get Champions League football. I'm, I'm confident we're going to get Champions League football. But if we finish a point or two behind Napoli, I would not be surprised, especially because I would not be surprised if Inzaghi is able to muster a good, deep Champions League run again when you consider that we're going to be a pot two team. We should get a favorable draw. You know, if things shake out right, I could totally see this team ending up in the quarterfinals again. And then at that point, I just, like I said, don't trust Inzaghi to balance both competitions appropriately, especially when you consider how thin the squad is. And for a lead scorer, I will go ahead and take Leo. Seriously? <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I'm like, actually, I'm not picking Leo to lead the lead scorer. <laughs> no, I, I like I was saying last week. I'm taking Skamaka. Wow. Okay. Got to be bold. Going with the brand. Just to really rub it in for yourself. <laughs> Just to prove how right I was, I want vindication. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I forgot to say my top score. I, I'm gonna also go with uh, Oshiman. Not Lataro, your boy Lataro. No, no. Well, when you don't no. score for two months at a time, it's hard to league the league in scoring. <laughs> yeah, when you don't score for two months at a time, four times a year, it's yeah, it's hard to. It's hey, hard three, to three times, three times a year, <laughs> three times a year. <laughs> if we would have gotten Morata, I would have said he would have been the leading scorer. Just, just to be on brand with, uh, with uh, Jay picking Liao and uh, Andrew picking <laughs> Skamaka. <laughs> I would Notice him. how no one picked Taram, but um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let's not, let's not go there. He's being he's being paid more than Liao, as far as I know. But let's, let's not go. There. All right. Well, he doesn't love the squad the way Liao loves Milan. Um, all right. So let, let's. We've been talking for a while. Let's just spend a few minutes on the Monza match. So. The season kicks off tomorrow or today, depending on where you are and when you're listening to this. We could not do anything against Monza last year. It, it was a struggle. It, it's kind of, you know, I don't know if it's like the Berlusconi magic. I don't know if it's the, the fact they have so many former Inter players and the curse just bears out. But we, we drew with them 2-2 thanks to a Dumfries own goal in the 93rd minutes. That was the, the January fixture, I think, after the World Cup. Um, and then, do, 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 do you guys recall what the first match against Monza was last season? Um, I think that, that was the first. That, that was, was the first, first match. match. That was the first? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Uh, the second match was Calderola scored one, and then we lost 1-0 yeah. at home. I think yes, Calderola scored at the. I think the the Dumfries own goal was that you're referring to was a Calderola goal as well. I think he scored yeah. in both games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that. So we we could not we could not beat Monza last year. They they've won out and they they have not spent much money 
because they cannot. I was explaining this on the forum the other day. Basically, everyone they took last season, when you're like, this guy seems a little too good to be on Monza, they had signed on a loan with an obligation if they stayed up. And they did manage to stay up, so they had to go redeem all those guys. So really the extent of their signings were taking, you know, D'Ambrosio and Gallardini on free transfers. Um, Monza r- runs a similar formation to us. They do a 3-4-1-2. They, they have Kapari up top, who, correct me if I'm wrong, was he not like Inter plus Valenza fodder at some point? Yeah, we traded him for Skriniar. We brought him as a part yeah. exchange from Samp. No. Yeah. We sold him to Samp. Yeah, it's part of the... Where did we get him from? Pescara, maybe? Yes. Pescara, yeah. Yeah, we bought him from oh. Pescara. Never played in our shirt, and we just sold him as part of the screen deal. Yeah, so, it's a tough uh, tough game to call. I mean, it's the first game of the season. I only have one thing that I want to see, and that is proof that our players are actually fit. Because if you guys remember last season, we didn't look fit for like two months into the season. The players okay. looked like they were still in preseason. I was shocked. I've never seen anything like that in my life where our team looks so unfit at the start of the season. I'm like, what's going on here? And being fit is such a, I mean, it's like a bare minimum professional standard, right? It's like wearing shoes to work or something. Like everyone does it, you know, it's unacceptable not to do it. And yet here we are dropping points, losing games so early into the season, pretty much tanking any chance we had of winning the Scudetto straight away because we just, our players look like they were exhausted. Yeah, I think my biggest question going into this match is who's going to score the 88th-minute goal for Monza? Is it going to be D'Ambrosio or Calderola? Yeah, Calderola seems like the right D'Ambrosio back post header for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be one of those. And then I can't wait to see Gagliardini just, you know, embarrass uh, entire midfield. So I'm very – it's such a – it's like half that team is Inter. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how we – how we uh, how we fare? It's it's not a great matchup for us, I think, because of what you all said about how we did last year. Um, they're tricky. They're a tricky team. They also got good results against other clubs. It wasn't just Inter. Yeah, they got good results. Very- yeah, so I think it'll be a tricky match. Um, fitness will be an issue. Let's see how everything comes together and clicks. But I have to say, on a more positive note, I'm so excited that the season's back and that we'll be able to watch again. It, it's. Honestly, it's 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 so cool that we're finally at that point again where we like can be disappointed every weekend. It's like yeah. 50% excitement, 50% dread for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I said, I just want to see the players are fit, but I actually think it's a good opportunity to play Monza first. It's an opportunity to get that monkey off our back, you know what I mean? These yeah. guys kind of took advantage of us twice last season, partly due to our own incompetence, yep. um, and they beat us in these two extremely banterish results. And yeah, like I said, new season, fresh start, chance to right the wrongs of last season and hopefully show up fit and ready to play. And I think if we're fit, you know, we should win with relative ease. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, I think that uh, this being the home game, it's it's a, like a nice, yeah, yeah, nice yeah, extra boost for us. We can we can start from the home and then that's it. It's it's of course it's sold out, so that that that's a nice thing like like for the whole whole last season, but <laughs> did not help us <laughs> enough? But anyway, uh, we we stole stole Monza's best best player, so that's also <laughs> one thing to consider. In yeah, I was gonna say 
two two zero inter brace by Sensi. That's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good enough. <laughs> but uh, about about the thing that uh, uh, who was it who mentioned that uh, we lo- we lost uh, like uh, twelve games last season, so it was like we lost we lost um, we lost and and drew with Monza. So that there's like uh, plus nine uh, plus five points we can we can count on already for us. So isn't it so? <sighs> The the thing I'm most curious for tomorrow is Taram, and yeah. you know you, you read Inter fans and they're already freaking out. They're saying this is the worst transfer ever, and everyone's panicking. And I think part of the reason for the panic is because we signed a 34 year old as our alternative up front. But I I would just love for Taram to tomorrow go play well, maybe assist a Lataro goal because you know he's not going to score himself, and just grow into the team and get the monkey off his back. Cause I, I don't want to be sitting here in middle of September. He hasn't scored a goal yet. Everyone's panicking about the attack and Zoggy's thinking about starting Correa. Like, well, let's, this is a good opportunity tomorrow. It's a home fixture. I'd love to see him step up, play well, and just really settle the nerves of Inter fans collectively. Agreed. Because he's, you know, now that we've made our, now that we've shown our hand and revealed our big signing was, you know, not Lukaku, not Skamaka, not Balogun, but Arnautovic. Now that we've revealed that, we've also <laughs> revealed that Taram is our undisputed starting striker, you know, unless he just completely shits the bed and, our, and Arnautovic starts ahead of him. So we need him to do well. We need him to, to start living up to that expectation and proving that he honestly deserves to be here i have questions myself to be honest but yeah so the latest about pavard seems that it seems serious but a lot of pessimism which is to be expected considering the way you know skamaka and samazic were both like 90 plus percent done in the in the instance of samazic 99.9 percent done and yet neither of them signed what do you reckon is going to happen with with Pavard, do you think we'll sign him or do you think this will be another uh, we didn't sign him over a difference of like five million? Wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna read here what Inzaghi said apparently today in his press conference. He said, uh, trading the UFA nomination, you know, he got the nomination yeah, for the best yeah. coach. Yeah. So he said that trading the UFA, UFA nomination with Pavard question mark. Certainly. I say it. it's a goal, but I don't feel like talking about players from other teams. Darmian has been essential in these two years, but I need players who can compete in all roles. So he at least uh, like names Powered, or I don't know, was it like a question? Maybe it was a question for him, but it's going to be interesting to see because I, I've heard that we are like really trying to get him even today. I'm a mildly pessimistic that Chang will like <laughs> we'll fuck this up again and he just won't won't give us the budget to be, uh to to sign him because Bayern will they, they won't like uh they won't uh they won't back down from their from their like asking price for too much because yeah, they if, don't need they don't need that money so they, exactly. they can just use him for one year then and let him walk for free because that's more that's more beneficial for them. So that's why I'm I'm a bit bit pessimistic. But the summer <laughs> negotiation proved that 
if you try to negotiate with them, you end up paying more than what you're supposed to pay. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just not yeah. mess around. Let's just pay whatever they want and just get it done because it's not even that unreasonable. But I do have a question. Is he worth 35, 40 million? Because what I see from Pavard is, I don't want to say excuse, but it's like he's not the preferred centre-back at France, so he has to play right back and he's not preferred at Bayern Munich either, you know. It's, there's always questions about his position, which basically is a short way of saying, or a roundabout way of saying, every coach seems to prefer other centre-backs to him, so he has to play out of position at right back, and then he gets unhappy that he has to play out of position, you know. But if he was yeah. better at his main position, maybe he'd get picked at his main position, so... Uh, yeah, but one could also see it that way, that maybe there's not too a good enough like right backs or, or that that um, power gives gives yeah. the option for the right back position that the coach coach like likes him more there but i don't know i i get what you're saying that yeah. <laughs> I, I think i think we have to hope he's like a bastoni in my opinion like bastoni really is perfect in that left side of a three man defense you know i don't i think that's much better for him than a uh, like a four back or yeah. obviously as a straight up left back and the same applies for Pavard from what I've seen I think that right center back role in a three man defense really suits him so yeah yeah let's hope for once Zhang gives the green light and we just we just get this bastard I think he's worth it close the deal yeah 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 and I don't even like care at this point what's the what's the price that <laughs> as long as Chang just gives the budget and we just pay whatever whatever it takes if it's 35 then it's 35 like uh, at this point, we just need need that starting, preferably starting starting center back. So yeah, it'll ease my mind it. a lot more rather than going into the season with a champion Damian as designated starters again. I, I don't think I think that would have ended in disaster, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's hope for the best. Yeah. So the only thing I'll add with Pavard is it's a lot of money and it's a high salary and he would pretty much be our most expensive player in the squad when you think about like annual impact. And I get yeah. a little queasy about doing that for a right center back when we clearly need a striker. And will this like impact our ability to sign a proper forward moving forward? But then the fan side of me says, you know what, this might be our only chance to actually spend money on someone that doesn't get absolutely like bombed by our ownership. So just go get the best player available and figure out the rest later. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like a he's he's not like some like up and coming guy. He's he's like a proven winner, and and he has that certain pedigree, in my opinion, that you, you can you can go and spend that money for that kind of kind of guy who's like ready to come to Inter at that age. He's like at his prime age or like hitting his prime prime years right now. So we should just definitely <laughs> go and pay. But that's that's a different story with Chang. But let let's hope, let's hope. Well, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the situation in depth. Um, we talked about you know maybe signing Demerol. Jay specifically mentioned wanting to sign a center back in his prime, um, and Pavard is in his prime. And I thought you know I think we're getting to the end of this podcast. I thought maybe I'd leave you guys on this note. Let's revisit a soliloquy from Irfan from a couple episodes ago where he suggests we sign Pavard, even if it means maybe not signing as good of a strike. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. If, if we could get Pavard, 
I would be willing to roll the dice on Striker with like, uh, I don't know, Destro or Arnautovich. <laughs> get, get a body. <laughs> but if you, give, if you give me Pavard, because I, I feel like, I mean, uh, Pavard at right central back would just be incredible. I mean, it just, it would suit our team so well and the age is right and the skill level is right and it's just it's it would be an incredible signing in my opinion and so you know if that means resources have to be used there and get diverted from somewhere else like you know bring me Destro bring me Arnautovic let's do it let's pack it up